Good evening, everybody. We are recording from New Beshis Garden, and it's in Antarctica, and it's very cold. And some people thought that Hitler hid out here after World War II. He did not. We did find a Nazi, but he was stuck to a pole like that kid from A Christmas Story, and he had been long dead. Tonight, I am joined by... Hi, I'm Sophia. Good to be here. Um, I'm also on Breaking Math, so check that out. The same network. And Sophia is also my producer, if, you know, anybody's new to the show. Yeah, this, this is our fourth take, believe it or not. And this yeah. is the best one. This is the best one. And I'm also joined by... Jake Bourbon. And tonight, we are going to be talking about secret Nazis in an episode we call Not Another Nazi Episode. Millicent Oriana, culture expert. While seeking to unlock the secrets of all fandoms, she is exposed to an overload of every aspect of pop culture. Now, when asked a question about a piece of popular culture, she becomes curious. Now hosting a podcast and joined by amazing guests, she seeks to find answers and find a way to live off her talents and to make a fun podcast. Don't make me ask questions, Asa Base. I wouldn't even begin to know how to contact you. And tonight we're going to be discussing, of course, Werner von Braun, Harold von Braunhut, Gabriel Bonheur Coco Chanel, Bobby Fischer, and we're going to have a hoot of a time talking about how all these people were secretly problematic. All right, so let's start with von Braun. He was born March 23rd, 1912 in Wiersitz. Uh, Poison, Poison, Prussia, now known as Vizhysk. Oh, Vizhysk. And he died on June 16, 1977. And I don't remember ex- the exact township, but I know it was in New Jersey. And again, you know, apologize if we mispronounce anything. Uh, you know, it's not personal. We're just dumb Americans. Yeah. And I mean, we're not going to take too much care with uh, Werner von Braun because, uh, you know, He's had enough favors done for him in his life. I mean, the dude committed crimes against humanity and got away with it. So, you know, screw him. Yeah, I just, you know, we have, you know, German listeners and uh, I don't want to butcher their language. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Polish listeners. Yeah. And uh, which that place is now part of Poland. So, <laughs> oh, it is. OK, yeah. I again, dumb American, uh, you know, so cool. Uh, hello, everybody. <laughs> yeah. So. Von Braun, for anybody that doesn't know, was instrumental in NASA. He helped develop the Saturn rocket. And before that, he helped develop the V1 rocket in Germany. The thing is about him, what you do need to know is he actually found some professors in the uh, in the, the, the concentration camp that he was overseeing for the rocketry project who he had seen lecture. And he actually signed off on papers to allow them to come work in his office and his administrative wing because it was like way less of a death sentence. And that right there, that's a crime against humanity. Picking and choosing who lives and dies. That means you're complicit in the Holocaust. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. I mean, he if you are a high ranking member of the Nazi party in any regard, you are a complicit member of the Holocaust. Oh yeah. But you'll still hear apologists out there that are like, Oh, he's under duress and stuff like that. What I do love is that those professors all told him to go fuck himself. Well, good. Mm -hmm. Good for them. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. I believe two of the three of them died, but I mean, I would have probably, hopefully I would have done the same thing. Cause I mean, that guy, what a dick. No. Yeah. No, that he, Uh. he was, a horrible person, you know, as was pretty much every single person 
in, in Nazi Germany. What was that TV show he was on? The, oh, uh, the the Disney one. Yeah, the like special. Oh, I can't remember, but yeah, that that prick had the balls to show his face to like in public again after that. To help show you what is being done to solve these problems, we have called upon one of the foremost exponents of space travel, Dr. Werner von Braun, who is at present the chief of the guided missile division of the Army's rocket center at Redstone Arsenal. He was also overall director of the development of the original V-2 rocket. Now here's a model, my design for a four-stage orbital rocket ship. Compared to the unmanned instrument rocket, it is quite large. What a dick! I say you go live in obscurity and you shoot yourself when you're 70. I say that's what every former Nazi should have done. Yeah? Yeah, the ones that, that lived through the war and uh, weren't hanged. Yeah. Or, you know, the one thing I will say about Mossad being cool is they were cool when they were creeping up on former Nazis. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> All right. But, you know, before we get too off topic, because, you know, I'm just going to talk about how cool Mossad was for that one thing. Kids, Mossad's not cool. No, but that that movie Steven Spielberg made it per- is. It is cool, but they did leave out the fact that one of those dudes blew up a whole bus full of people and it was actually the wrong bus. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, moving on, though. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's Von Braun. And again, shitty guy. So <laughs> let's move on to Coco Chanel. Coco Chanel was born Gabrielle Bonheur Chanel. Uh, she was born on August 19th, 1883 in Samur, France. And she died January 10th, 1971 in Paris. Um, What I do know about Coco Chanel is that the French police actually had a document describing her as a courtier perfumer. And the police had her listed under Westminster agent reference F7124. So she had some sort of intelligence job with the Nazis. And uh, you know that from the you're saying the 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 Westminster thing. Yeah, the police document. Yeah. I mean, they had her listed as a asset, like a Nazi asset. Yeah, she was super pro Nazi and stuff. Um, One thing that's known is once the German tanks entered Paris, she went to the deluxe hotel Ritz, which was like the headquarters of the German military. There she fell in love with a man named Baron Hans Gunther von Dinklage, which God damn, that is a Germanic name, Mm -hmm. who was an SS officer. She abandoned and closed her store out of patriotism, she said, during the war. But right after she did that, she moved into the Ritz. And it was pretty obvious at that point to everybody in Paris that she was a Nazi collaborator. Yeah, I mean, you don't move into their headquarters and not have that connotation. An interesting thing about Coco Chanel is uh, she actually she was the designer of Chanel number five. She actually sold the uh, formula to a perfumer by the name of Ernest Beau who he was a, he was Jewish. And during the Holocaust, she actually tried her damnedest to get the company from him. He had actually given it to a, a Swiss couple who gave it back to him at the end of the war. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's like the coolest thing they could have done. Oh, yeah. And Chanel, it drove her nuts that this guy owned that company. And to this day, his family gets the money for Chanel number no. five. So anybody who wants to buy Chanel number no. five, you totally can. It actually pisses Chanel's family off. So, yeah, go for it. <laughs> no, no. I mean, that that's pretty based. Yeah. All right. Based in bread pills. No, just kidding. Yeah. 
Ah, based in red pilled. Yeah, bread. <laughs> no, bread. Bread pilled. Yeah, it's a, I've heard communists saying it. <laughs> I like the idea of bread pills. I've been wanting bread pills. Little hey, pieces. we could sell bread pills with Patriot Porridge. We could. Patriot Porridge, now with bread pills. Throw them in there and they grow like dino sponges. <laughs> God, that'd be horrifying. <laughs> Nothing to say to that. Just, I, I, I feel, I feel like they've grown to like a spongiform shape, and so would your brain. Yeah, it's also it'd be like a big piece of metal. It'd be heavy as shit. Well, I mean, it'd be wet bread too. <laughs> yeah, it'd also be dripping with mercury. Yeah, although you can't really wet things with mercury very easily. Oh, really? Yeah, it has like very weird surface tension properties. Why is it soaking to skin so easily then? It doesn't stick really well to skin, actually. It like rolls off the skin. Oh, but so you're saying I can't dunk my hands in it? Oh, yeah, easily. And you won't really get hurt. If you do it repetitively every day, you'll slowly accumulate it. Yeah, that, that's what happened to Hatters, is that they were doing it every day. They use, they, they use mercury because it's a heavy liquid and it's very, very useful. Okay. Well, oh, and also... They used arsenic to make things green, didn't they? Uh, okay, it was it was a um, I think actually it was a cyan cyanide based. Uh, no, 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 it was arsenic. Yeah, what was the name of that green? Hold on. Yeah, I know that was like the most popular form of green in the eighteen hundreds. Shields green. Yeah, shields green, and it was poisonous as hell. Yeah, uh, it, it was looked good. Copper hydrogen arsenite. Yeah, that sounds poisonous. Okay. Yeah. Well, what if I call it Swedish green? That's another name for it. Does it sound? Is it better now? I mean, yeah, it sounds a lot well, better. Now it makes Swedish sound like a bunch of bloodthirsty killers. Vars, I don't know. Nah. <laughs> oh yeah. Anyways, back to Chanel. Oh, well, that was that was it for Chanel. Oh. I mean, she died. You know, she never got prosecuted, and like that's one thing you'll notice about like Nazi collaborators is you had to like kill like a couple million people to actually get punished in any sort of way. Yeah, I, a lot of them were uh, scooped up for, you know, scientific and medical research reasons. Yeah, and the ones that weren't like Coco Chanel just kind of got away scot-free. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, it, you know, that's the power of privilege right there, though. Mm-hmm. Is that she she was already a well-established name in France. I mean, there were a ton of collaborators that uh, locals would just gather up and do horrible things do oh yeah and now we're gonna move on hey kids have you ever heard of something called x-ray specs yes you can see through walls have you ever heard of something called sea monkeys they build castles and you can drink them yeah you can, but why? No, don't just eat don't, random don't, brine shrimp. Yeah, don't don't eat random brine shrimp. I think that's a good rule for everybody. <laughs> yeah, I've seen those like swim around at like you know like baseball fields. Like anything that swims in a baseball field is like from hell. Well, no, you you mix a bunch of brine shrimp in with your patriot porridge, <laughs> and it's now a high protein treat. I, I, brine shrimp as you say. Well, no, brine shrimp etouffee is when you boil it in mercury. I can't. I can't, honestly. <laughs> oh, dear God. Although you can't really boil mercury easily. You, you can make it really hot. What if you put a bunch of it in a pressure cooker? <laughs> Actually, let me find that one. It sounds like you'd make a bomb. 
I mean, that's what a pressure cooker already kind of is, but... No, it sounds like you'd make a really... Dangerous, like, chemical bomb. <laughs> it sounds like you'd make a really good bomb. <laughs> Guys, see the phase diagram of... Uh, yeah, it looks like you if you heated it up really hard, you could actually turn it into rhombohedral mercury. Well, that sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, it sounds it's like, like a mercury re- crystals that only exist at high pressures. Okay, so it's going to be crystallized mercury <laughs> shooting out of that bomb. Oh, yeah, for like a second. It's mostly going to be like liquid, like really hot mercury. Just imagine like... It's, also, why are you stopping the pressure cooker? I thought you were just like pressure cooking mercury. Now you're like, you're, you're disabling the, the steam release. Because that is what happens when you disable the steam release of a pressure cooker. I don't think your house should be filling with steam from mercury. No, I mean, mean, that's the only way to keep yourself safe. I think you'd only find vibrators mercury though, pretty much inside stars. All right. Well, let's get some mercury in a pressure cooker and let's figure this out. How about about we we eat more Patriot (laughs) porridge? Well, that's what I'm saying. We can make Patriot porridge extra. Now with crunchy bits. (laughs) Those crystals are probably pretty crunchy. I don't think they're crunchy because they have to be. So for something to be crunchy, it could be brittle, you know, if you break it with your hands or like a machine. But if it's crunchy, you have to break it with your teeth. If you're breaking, if you can't exist at the same pressure and temperature as your food, it's not crunchy. It's just brittle and terrifying I'm sure if you eat it fresh, there's a little bit of crunch. There's no freshness. As soon as you take it out of the pressure cooker, it is back at like room, room pressure. So what's the point of this mercury? What you brought? <laughs> uh, well, you no, I'm not questioning you. I'm questioning nature. What is the point of this mercury? This crystallized mercury? It just kind of exists. Yeah, it? nature does a lot of shit that just has no function. Well, we got to figure out a way to make money off of it. Uh, how? Uh, okay, fine. How about we open up a competitor to Cinnabons called Cinnabars? Which is basically like we press the dough with mercury, so it's like really nice and flat. And we we, we like we use mercury in every step of the cooking process. We heat up mercury and put the rolls on that, make it nice and steamy. Trace amounts of mercury, but you, you have you can only, you have one every few years. Everything I learned, I learned from the Victorian era. If there's a new thing, there's money to be made on it, Sophia. Just, She's not wrong. <laughs> True. I'm just I was just thinking back to the knocker uppers from uh, Victorian times. Who would knock people up? Well, not actually. No, they, they, they would knock them Sounds away. Sounds like a cool career. <laughs> Sounds like a really cool job. No, no, it's it's a knocker up or a knocker upper. It was a member of a profession in Britain, Ireland, that would basically go around like you'd you'd be like you'd be like, okay, I'm going through the street at like you know five thirty, and I'm going to be next to your house at five thirty one. Um, knock on, I'm going to knock on your window until you wake up. Then I'm going to move to the next house so you could get to your factory job. Oh. You'd pay the guy and. Uh, they would use specific like covers on the end of their sticks so that they wake you up but not the neighbors so your neighbors have to pay. Very weird job. Yeah, that sounds pretty weird. Here I thought you were you were saying like they were going around knocking people up. And I was like, what? Like that sounds like a really cool job. So these guys were basically Victorian alarm clocks. Yep, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, this is why we don't romanticize the past. <laughs> well, I mean Because here's the thing. That the most people that that's going to be the best job that they can have is being the 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 walking alarm clock for people. Yeah, that is true. Well, I mean, you could be an orphan. That seems like it would be a pretty kick-ass job back then. Chimney sweep. You could dance all day. 
You <laughs> dance for pennies being thrown at. <laughs> yeah, as a chimney sweep, better change than chimney sweeping. Apparently. Well, I, no I mean, can I be? Uh, can I be like uh, 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 Dick Van Dyke and just have like the worst accent ever, but be Dick Van Dyke so everybody still loves me? Comical poem suitable for the occasion. Extemporized and thought up before your very eyes. All right, here we go. Roomy for everyone. Gather around. The constable is responsible. Now, how does that sound? All right. Well, moving on. Back, back to Brown Hut. Back to the sea monkeys. Um, so, Harold von Braunhut is the na- man, uh, name of the man who invented sea monkeys. Well, discovered them. Well, well marketed them. Mar- it, it, basically, he got the idea because of how popular ant farms were. Mm-hmm. And he thought they could use an aquatic sidekick, essentially. Oh, yeah. And he also found out that you could freeze dry brine shrimp. Exactly. Oh yeah, and they last for millions of years. They're cool. That like that is really cool about sea monkeys. Like sea monkeys, like I wish they weren't marketed by like. Well, you'll talk about that. Yes, I will. But he also made X-ray specs, which I will let you know right now. They don't work. Yeah, they just kind of put two images on top of each other, and if you look at your hand, it, 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 you could you could get the same effect by crossing your eyes slightly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd still like check out a pair if I found one. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'd buy it probably if it weren't too expensive. Yeah. The price is your soul. Deal. Yeah. It kind of is, though, figuratively. Yeah, it kind of is your soul to buy sea monkeys. Because, uh, well, it turns out anybody who ever bought, like, almost anything out of the back of a comic book was buying stuff from Harold von Braunhut, which his original name was Harold Nathaniel Braunhut, but he changed it to Vaughn to sound more German. Yep. In the 1950s. What a dweeb. Uh Uh-huh. God. Yes. So. Also, he did it to uh, distance himself from his uh, Jewish heritage. Yes. Mr. uh, Braunhut was uh, born on March 31st, 1926 in Memphis, Tennessee, and he died on November 28th, 2003 in Indian Head, Maryland. Uh, One of his his most well-known quotes was, Hitler wasn't that bad of a guy. He just suffered from bad press. So that should tell you everything you need to know about him. Mm, It should. Um, So he sold his sea monkeys. He sold his x-ray specs and all his other stuff out of the back and out of the back of comic books. And all of it went to the Ku Klux Klan. He also sold an invisible goldfish. He did sell invisible goldfish. It, It came with a tank and like fish food, but no goldfish. And he was able to sell this. Mm-hmm. This was the era of the pet rock and uh, merc- and uh, lead in gasoline. Don't you dare badmouth lead on this show. Oh, that's right. We're sponsored by lead. Yeah. We're sponsored by big lead. Thank you. Lead is a very integral part to Patriot Forge. Yes, it's the most important part. Except for Other mercury, than the mercury, which is also the most important part. Yeah. Yes. And patriotism, which is and- the most important part. <laughs> <laughs> what happened was at some point... He began advertising a self-defense baton that was like a whip. Yeah, like a weird collapsible baton whip type thing. Yeah. And he marketed it specifically in the back of white supremacist publications for people who couldn't legally own guns. So Nazis with criminal records. (laughs) So my friends over the pond in the United States, in most states, we can own firearms. And, you know, it's. 
it's a crapshoot about how dangerous people are going to be. I mean, I have a firearm, but, you know, I'm not a nut. I don't walk around pointing it at people. I don't even carry it on me. Yeah, I have a firearm, too, that I uh, wear to work because I work in a dangerous area. Yeah. But a job very late at night. (laughs) Yeah. And the thing is, you know, I agree that people who, like, refer to themselves as God probably shouldn't have a gun. No. No, they shouldn't. And now here's the real fun part is that each state has its own different laws Mm -hmm. regarding guns. So some states like New York, it's kind of hard to get a gun uh, outside of like a hunting rifle. And it's also within the city. It's completely different, too. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like different cities will have their own gun laws. Oh, yeah. And some state of Illinois, you can't have a gun in the state. Exactly. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, you can't have a gun in the state of Illinois unless you like you need it has to be licensed and everything. Yeah, like you you can get a gun in Illinois, but it's not. It's hard. It's way harder than trying to get one here. Yeah, so you can't just go out to your trunk and call it a gun show. Yeah, no. <laughs> which you can kind of do sometimes here. You can totally do that here. <laughs> <laughs> like here's the thing: I, when I went and bought my gun, there was no like waiting period. It took like an hour for my background check to clear and I paid them and walked out with my gun and ammo like mm-hmm. right, right then in, the, in less than a day. Yeah. And of course you can't have a gun if you're a felon because uh, the origins or, 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 or with racism, I believe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's where that comes from. I mean, it really should be if you're a violent offender, you shouldn't be able to have a gun. Oh yeah, but it's like if if you if you if you go to the go to jail for like a pot charge or whatever. Yeah, yeah, well, no, not anymore. He, like any sort of any sort of felony, right. like any kind of felony you commit, you you can no longer have a firearm. Uh, misdemeanors, you can still, but yeah, any sort of felony. So yeah, that's that's what Von Braun was advertising. Sorry, Von uh, Braunhut was advertising. And uh that's actually how he got caught. People realized that the that the company that was selling these was the same company that sold the sea monkeys and the x-ray specs and everything. And it all went back to this guy who it turned out was giving all this money to the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, and other white supremacist yeah. organizations. And again, the man was Jewish. Yes. <laughs> He, he he was. Yeah. I don't know what lesson exactly to take from that. I don't think there really is one. It's just kind of random. <laughs> no, there. It, I mean, there. it's an irony. Yeah. Like, there's definitely an irony to it because he had to keep it secret. Like, had the had these other people known that he had Jewish heritage, they would have killed him. Yeah. So just remember, kids, be proud of who you are. Otherwise, you'll wind up being a crazy sea monkey peddling racist. Who sells batons to people who are violent Nazis. And wasn't he also like crazy into eugenics too? Well, uh, aren't all Nazis? Well, yeah, yeah, but still. You saw those sea monkey people. They looked unnatural. They definitely went through like 20 rounds of eugenics. They did look like a perfect society. I found But like you creep under the surface and it's just like, ugh. When I say perfect society, of course, I mean Stepford Wives style. So I found out... uh, and I think it had Howie Mandel in it, but there was an 11 episode TV show about like a mad scientist who turned a bunch of sea monkeys into uh full size like people. And it looked absolutely horrifying and awful. <laughs> and I think it had Howie Mandel because it was live action. It wasn't a cartoon either. I want to see this show now. 
I'll, I'll look it up real quick. Sounds terrible. Yeah. No, no. It 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 looks terrible because it's it's like the cartoon like the cartoon drawings of yeah. the sea monkeys that are like fully uh God, what 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 is that word where they where you make like an animal rendered? Look, no, no, but you make it look like human. You give it human aesthetics, like oh, uh, uh, and anthropomorphized. Yeah. Yeah, 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 anthropomorphized. Yeah, like that's what they are, and they're horrifying. Oh yeah, this isn't the show you mean, right? The Amazing Life Sea Monkeys. Yep, that is the show I mean. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh good lord! This got 11 episodes. But look at this. Yeah, what do you want to say with your discussing? I am seeing something that is rotten, the nightmares of a madman. I'll just, yeah, but, <laughs> Millie definitely is overwhelmed by this. So I'll say it's the guy with an orange head with a bunch of sea monkey tentacles talking to what looks like an exploded octopus on a table. And now he's turning the radio on. Uh, and he's, why does he have bell bottoms? Sorry, I'm just as annoyed as you are now. <laughs> I don't know when the show was made, but <laughs> I, I feel like that might explain why he has bell bottoms. What year was it? September 19th to November 28th, 1992. Okay, that does not explain the bell bottoms. <laughs> that does not explain the bell bottoms at all. <laughs> How is that a thing? I don't know. How to get 11 episodes? Well, that's only one season, so nobody watched it, I'm assuming. Usually they cancel stuff, though. I know. <laughs> like, the fact that it did make it to 11 is pretty horrifying. Yeah, I know. Especially with those uh, costumes. <laughs> God, I know. Oh, my God. Sitting in makeup for that must have been horrifying. Especially when they turn into a radioactive orange-colored <laughs> yeah. sea monkey. But, like, that had to have taken, like, six hours to get all that on. Oh, it was way too much effort. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you have to imagine how much time those actors Yeah, had to sit in that chair. For that crap show. Yeah, it, it reminds me of uh, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Remember when Jim Car you said Jim Carrey had uh, torture training? Oh, from the Grinch? Yeah. Yeah, I just imagine that these have torture training for both the, the makeup process and just the general acting process. Yeah, look, I, I just want to live in a simpler time <laughs> where people fell through trap doors on the set of ALF. Because that set was dangerous with all hell. <laughs> That's why they all look like they're looking down constantly. Because Some they dude are. broke his leg on the set of ALF. Wasn't the show contemporaneous with Elf? No, Elf came out in like the 80s. Yeah. I thought it was like late 80s, early 90s. Uh, it was. It was like 85 to like 90. Oh, okay. I mean, in that era, there was a lot of shows trying to catch that fire of like an inhuman fish out of water story. Yeah. I mean, there was Harry and the Hendersons and like there was uh, oh, there were so many of those. I can't think of them. If anything, it all goes back to my favorite Martian, that old TV show where the guy oh, yeah. has the alien living in his house. That movie with uh, that one dude. With, I, I don't know if it holds up, but it was kind of fun as a kid. I never saw the movie with Jeff Daniels and Christopher Lloyd, but I did watch the old TV show. Uh, yeah, I never really watched these. Like, I knew about Alf and all that, but it wasn't something I I'll like, tell you right, tried to watch. Right now, that puppet is Satan. Yeah, I, I believe that. He's just this unfunny thing that sucks <laughs> all joy out of life. That's all it wants. <laughs> it takes our happiness. And eats cats. And eats cats. But it takes joy with its unfunny nature. And speaking of things that take joy with their unfunny nature, moving on to Bobby Fischer. Bobby Fischer was born March 9th, 1943 in Chicago, Illinois, and he died January 17th, 2008 in Reykjavik, Iceland. 
So some interesting background on Bobby Fischer. He was an American chess grandmaster, the 11th world chess grand champion. Uh, He was a prodigy in his childhood. At 14, he won the 1958 U.S. championship. In 1964, he won the same tournament with a perfect score of 11 wins. At which time he would have been just 20. Mm -hmm. Which that is pretty damn impressive. It's pretty impressive. He's incredibly impressive. That's a a, a thing that sucks. I'll just say super quick about him is that he did all those weird chess tournaments where he would like fight like a hundred people in chess and like win. And then he would like disappear forever again. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, you're going to find out why he disappeared. Turns out he was crazy. Um, In 1972, he won the world championship. In 1975, he refused to defend his title. And why do you have to defend it? Uh, Because, you know, it's like a boxing championship. You have challengers constantly coming gunning for you. Oh, yeah. I I forgot that's not just a new ranking every year. See, I would prefer to be a little bit more like a pro wrestling championship where he comes in with fireworks and like he has a belt he's holding above his head. He's just talking like mad shit. John Cena! And uh, I agree. I also agree that there need to be more stabbings like New Jack and that one guy that he stabbed like 18 times. Anybody who doesn't know who New Jack is and is a fan of professional wrestling. Yeah, you're, uh, look up new, who New Jack is and you're going to have a uh, pretty wild ride. Yeah, his defense, though, was he only stabbed the guy 13 times. And he did promise to uh, train him afterwards. And he never did. And he never did. <laughs> <laughs> So he got he got away with it. Yeah, yeah pretty much. He stabbed a dude like thirteen times in a breath. The like, guy was an like amateur seventeen times. It was the guy's very first match. He had no training, so New Jack was like, "I don't know what to do with him." So he just started stabbing him. Felt <laughs> the reaction you have. That's incorrect. That's wrong. No, that's New Jack. That that's is insane. New Jack. <laughs> yes, New Jack is an insane human being. This is after he had already like he had already had two wrestling matches that had resulted in the death of another person. Uh, yeah, um, I watched a match where he did try to kill another man. <laughs> yeah, he did try to kill. Uh, man. He threw him off of a scaffolding, and uh, he was supposed to go through like a bunch of tables and land, and like that was going to break his fall. He threw him away from the tables. This is not a wrestler. This is a maniac that they keep letting near wrestling rings. Yes. Look at a picture of him. Look at a picture of New Jack. Yeah, wait till you see him. He looks very punchy. Yeah, you also notice that giant... You need to get a good picture of his face. (laughs) Yeah. Like that, the the picture Sophia was looking at was uh, a full body. You you need to see New Jack's face. Yeah. (laughs) He looks like a Klingon. <laughs> that's that, a scar. Yeah, that's scars. That, uh, that's, that's plural scars. It's scars on a on the on his forehead, which is right next to his frontal lobe. I'm well. Yeah. So most of those scars I'm gonna attribute to blading. Which again, for anybody who doesn't know, blading is when a uh, pro wrestler will cut themselves with a razor blade to draw blood after like a chair shot or something. And New oh, Jack like- did kill somebody blading them. Isn't it, isn't it like a thing where you cut the skin almost to the point where it bleeds? So when you impact it, it starts bleeding. Uh, that was a technique as well. Um, I don't know if there was any specific name for that. It might have also been called blading. Yeah, it's it's also blading. But yeah, ba- basically you'd cut it like an hour or two before your match. So by the time you started, it would stop bleeding. And then you take your chair shot and it starts pouring out again. Uh, they would also take aspirin to thin their blood. 
Mm-hmm. So that more would pour out. Yeah, I've also seen. I remember one time uh, Mick Foley and The Rock were fighting, and The Rock got hit in the face of the ladder. And yep. I saw the ref slip him a box cutter, and yep. he like used that to slash his face. You know, uh, back in the '90s, they were still kind of figuring out camera angles, so you could totally see wrestlers pulling blades from like their wrist tape and shit. And it was the '90s, so it was probably one of those things where, unless you're like a watchdog group or a wrestling fan who wants to like be really nosy, it's not nothing's gonna happen. It's yeah, pretty you don't much. Share it on the internet. The most you're gonna get in the '90s is a videotape with clips on it that's like mm-hmm. grainy. We talked about those. Oh yeah. But uh, so getting back to uh, Bobby Fisher, <laughs> I know we got from Bobby Fisher to New Jack. Okay, honestly, People, this is the greatest podcast ever. <laughs> I will say chess people like people think of chess people as like these like like mathematicians and stuff like that and it's like yeah, mathematicians have their own crazy stuff but like chess people are just like gamers they're just like any other like like um like competition like thing where you get like these absolutely nuts people yeah. well you know it's it's one of those things where chess is such a strategic game that i i almost wonder if that's like since it's probably all they think about, it's like bleeds into their overall personality. And that's how they think of like every moment in life is like a chess game. So yeah, in 1975, he refused to defend his title due to uh, not being able to reach an agreement with the FIDE, which is the uh, International Chess Federation. Uh, And because of that, uh, Anatoly uh, Karpov won by default. After that, Bobby Fischer disappeared out of the public eye, but there were constantly reports of him just behaving strangely when people would see him in 1992. He came out of his seclusion for a rematch with uh, Boris Spassky, which is the guy that he uh, competed against in 1972. And he won the match. Unfortunately, it was held in Yugoslavia, which was under a UN embargo that led to uh, issues with the U S government. And he had a warrant out for his rest because of it. Afterward, he started drifting around the world until he became an Icelandic citizen. And this would be, you know, kind of a sad story if it wasn't for the fact the man has made anti well had made. I mean, he's dead now, but he made anti-Semitic comments since the early 60s. Yeah. Um, It denied the Holocaust since the 80s, I believe you said. Yeah. Research like yeah, he was an extreme Holocaust denier. He was a member of the Worldwide Church of God, which was an insane doomsday cult. At one point when he was an Icelandic citizen claimed that the reason that he was under an embargo or sorry, not an embargo. The reason he was in trouble with the United States and the reason that his assets there had been frozen was because, as he said, the U.S. was, quote, a farce controlled by dirty hook nosed circumcised Jew bastards, which is a rough sentence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like that is like brutal. Yeah. He constantly talked about the international Jewish conspiracy. Uh, there was actually a notebook entry from him on December 13th, 1999. It's time to start randomly killing Jews. He would have loved like 8chan. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He would have loved being on one of those on the message boards. He probably was. Now that I think about it. He died in 2008. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the, that was the early days, but they were around. Yeah. So when he did die, uh, he had a bookshelf that had Mein Kampf. The Protocols of the Elders of Zion, 
The White Man's Bible and Nature's Eternal Religion by Ben Klassen, who is the founder of the World Church of the Creator, which is one of the largest white supremacist organizations in the world. Uh, Another thing is he denied being Jewish, even though he was. Uh, He at one point demanded that the Encyclopedia Judaica remove his name. And uh, he was uh, he was like uh, Jewish because his mom was Jewish kind of thing, right? Yeah, his mom was Jewish. He also, yeah, he he was definitely though like a weird anti-Semite. He would attack like former uh, like there was a dude who was like a father figure to him who was like a coach. Mm-hmm. And at the guy's funeral, he told the guy's son that his father was like a dirty Jew or something. God, he just, he's he, he, I, like I, he sounds like a spiteful hate-filled bitter man mm-hmm. and yeah. according to people that knew him they said that his form of anti-semitism came from somebody who had to be completely disconnected from reality which i've never seen a racist that wasn't disconnected from reality so i'm curious <laughs> what they mean by that <laughs> well I, th- I think they mean that he went crazy in the coconut and that's why he's racist but these people forget that you kind of have to be racist to start with all i'm gonna say is that the only people that are actually after us are professional chess players that and you know multinational corporations that want to implant adverts in your brain while you sleep i just elon musk wants people to like him and i don't think he understands what that entails i was watching my samsung tv and they run advertisements on there where it's like elon musk donated this much money last year the only person who donated more is bill gates and it like it starts off like breaking news and it's like that's not news. That's a commercial for Elon Musk. It's because, you know, the billionaires are frightened, I think. Oh, yeah. And they're doing this dumb ten- a tendency towards uh, monopoly that was discussed. And I, th- I think it was actually um, uh, Marx's uh, first book. Y- you just see this. You see all these corporations merging continuously. And then, like, that's why we need strong antitrust laws to actually be uh, used. In this country, we have very strong antitrust laws that are well-written and have existed for like about a century, but we just don't apply them. No. Uh, I mean, you know, that's the thing. The big corporations bought every, bought the government. Like they don't want to do anything about it. Oh yeah. Um, which, you know, if you can get, get your block together, get people together, organize, not to soapbox on your show, but (laughs) no, no, please let's soapbox on the show. I'm, I'm just going to sit here and talk about how, you know, I like socialism, but, uh, tankies. Oh my God. It's just, it's like MAGA people on the left. And I mean, you know, pretty much every ideology, political ideology has had some horrible person attached to it at some point in time. Oh, yeah. Like you might think that whatever your ideology is, is pure. But if you go through it, you will find somebody who was awful. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I say we all just need to pray for the day that like giant dinosaurs and stuff like just conquer us all. And then we could be like primal rage. Where we just are all tribal and we all associate with a specific giant monster. And like it might eat us for health in a fight. Yeah. Or it might just slap us around with its tail for yeah. fun because it turns out that's a mini game. Did you ever play good and evil? You mean black and white? Oh, yeah. Black and white. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I loved black and white. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> that's kind of what this reminded me of is just being an evil God in black and white. Hey, I was a benevolent God until my people got too needy. And then God got mad and then they stopped being so needy. (laughs) They saw what angry God looked like. (laughs) 
in conclusion, unionize and make a government of the people. And don't trust chess players. And dinosaurs are not your friend. They're dead. And apparently there's a lot more Nazis that were just walking about that we didn't know about. Yeah, who do Nazis would be so sneaky? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess. Like they're, they're like cockroaches. They're just everywhere. They're just oh, everywhere. Yeah, you turn on the light, they scatter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's about all we have to say. I mean, you know, uh, we could talk about Will Smith, but nobody wants to hear that. Are you saying Will Smith is a secret Nazi and that the slap was an initiation right and that Chris Rock is with the t- turtle people? No, I'm just saying that Chris Rock, like he should have stabbed, he should have, Will Smith should have stabbed Chris Rock like New Jack. That's what make things interesting. Yeah, you should just ran up there and stuck him a couple times. I mean, you got a guy worth a third of a billion, like the guy worth a tenth of a billion. Yeah, he could have afforded it. She just walked up there and stuck him a couple times on stage. That way, that way people could have been like, he needs to be banned. That way people could have reacted the right way. He could have killed him and stuff. Like That would have been the appropriate response had he stabbed him. It's just nobody had the appropriate response. Everybody acted like he stabbed him. So I'm thinking Will Smith should have just stabbed him. Good night, everybody. Tonight, I am joined by Sophia, uh, uh, producer of the show. Hi. Oh, and I have another show, Breaking Math. Let's re-record that. Okay.